0: Turn, let's all stand, if you would, as we honor God's word. Turn to the 14th chapter of the book of Luke, if you would. Fourteenth chapter of the book of Luke. I want you to listen to these words because my message is taken from these very words. I don't I don't go away from the text at all in this message. So they're taken from the very words that that uh, that are said here as I read them again in the 25th verse and there went a great multitude with him and he turned and said unto them these people that were following him for a different reason he knows men's hearts he knows their minds he knows why they're following him and he knew that these people wasn't following him because of what he's about to say here. He said, 26, verse, if any man come to me and hate not his father, and I'm not going to get into that word hate today. That doesn't mean what some people think it means. Uh, actually, I will say this. The word means that you don't put them first. In your life. It doesn't mean that you, like I say when I have a, I do a wedding, I always say you don't abandon your parents. Uh, but you don't, you also don't put them first in your life. If any man come to me and hate not his father and mother and wife and children and brethren and sisters, yea, in his own life also, He cannot be my disciple. And whosoever doeth not bear his cross, or his burden, that is, the Lord's burden, and come after me, cannot be my disciple. For which of you, intending to build a tower, setteth not down first, and counteth the cost, whether he have sufficient to finish it. Lest happily, after he hath laid the foundation, and is not able to finish it, all that behold it begin to mock him, saying, This man began to build, and was not able to finish. Or what king, going to war against another king, sitteth down first? and consulteth whether he be able with ten thousand to meet him that cometh against him with twenty thousand. Or else, while the other is yet a great way off, he sendeth an, ambassador, an ambassage and desireth conditions of peace. So likewise, whoever he he be of you that forsaketh not all, that he hath, he cannot be my disciple. Salt is good. But if the salt hath lost his, sa- his Savior, wherewith shall it be seasoned? How, in other words, how do you ever get that back? That's what scares me about people today, Christian people. It is neither fit for the land, nor yet for the dunghill, but men cast it out. He that hath ears to hear. Let him hear. Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you again for this day. Thank you, Lord, for the blessings of it. Thank you, Lord, for taking care of us. Thank you, Lord, for everything. Lord, we know that uh, it cost us a lot to serve you. Lord, I know that as I sit here after many, many years, that it has cost me a lot. and more than a lot of people realize. But, Lord, I'm just so thankful that you're with us and you promised that if we will forsake all and follow you, that you'll take care of us. Lord, I pray that I can do that, continue to do that. Lord, I pray that you'll watch over us and take care of us. For it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you. you may be seated. Counting the cost. That's the title of my message. Counting the cost. You know God created man as creatures of circumstance. You no know, man is not like a plant or a common dog or even a spirited horse but is created as one who God expects man to act reasonable in his dealings God expects all men to do that but the lost man will not do that he'll not always he'll he'll not always deal in a in in a, the right way. He will come up with things that will, in trying to justify himself and what he did and how he did it. If he has to, he'll come up with a lie or something or some deception. And all, all of us are guilty of it. We're guilty of it. I've been guilty of it over the years because I don't want to hurt a person. And I'm guilty of it right now. Because I don't want to hurt people. I love you people dearly. I don't want to hurt anyone. I don't want this message to hurt anybody. Because it's going to be a message of the scriptures. From the scriptures. Christ expects a person to... To really sit down and count the cost before he makes a commitment to follow him. Which we should do that before we buy a new vehicle. Before we buy a house. Before we run a credit card up. Before we do these things. Now, I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to be preaching about that today. I'm just adding that for no cost. It won't cost you a thing. But we we should do that at all times. You know, if you can't afford to have something, don't get it. Don't get it because the Joneses have it. I'm going on 76 years old. You don't know how many times I sit on my carport and I look at that new truck and I say, why in the world I buy that thing? I'll I'll be able to afford it because it's already paid for. But I had to give up a lot in order to get it. When I sit back now, I say, well, was that right in me doing it? That's not what's bothering me today, either. Because I'm glad I got it today because I didn't have anything to drive this morning. Many times, and I have seen it, people will commit to follow Christ before they understand what they're really doing. How many times have I seen that over the years? I've seen it, folks, more times than some of you want to know. I've seen people come and go. I preached here some time back on what uh, Solomon said about people coming into the house of God and leaving. They left just the way they came in. I've seen that so many times. I've seen people who want to follow the Lord but yet they don't really want to follow the Lord. They want to clear their conscience if possible. That's why the first statement I made that God created man as a creature of circumstance. It's not man's body that bothers them. It's, it's, it's not, it's not man's sickness that bothers them. So, though they're worrisome sometimes. But what it is that bothers man today is conscience. Conscience. These little kids are just exactly like that. They do something they're not supposed to do. Their little conscience bothers them. Uh, my little great granddaughter. She's a lot like her meat mom. Emily told her in church. Sunday, my well, Sunday before last, a couple of, three Sundays ago, Emily told her in church to sit down and be quiet. What'd she do? She hauled off and smacked her mama. Needless to say, you know, they took her out and whipped her. Becky said they didn't really whip her, but, <laughs> but they did. They say they did. See, that's, that's what we are. That's the way we are. We're we people of circumstances. Remember, whatever circumstance we're in, we try to live it and we try to justify why we're living it. That's wrong. That's not what this is talking about. He he goes from he goes from men building a tower, which for some of you that may not understand the the of this passage. He's talking about the Tower of Babel here. That the people didn't count the cost when they started to build the Tower of Babel to heaven. They didn't count the cost that it couldn't be done. So what did God do with them? God said they got together, and this this happens a lot today. They got together and they decided to do something That they felt like maybe they shouldn't do, and they got together and they said, "We're gonna, we're gonna, we're all together. We're all saying we all believe like we do. Then we'll just build a tower." What did God do? God tore the tower down and He confused their tongues to where they couldn't talk to one another again. They couldn't. They couldn't get together and 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 bring out something that that they shouldn't be doing. And because they all said, "Well, I I, I agree. I agree. That's fine. That's okay. Yeah, that's okay." We better count the cost before we do anything when it comes to the Lord. They don't realize. But there comes a time when they may need to go against a family member, a close friend, or even a good job. I know most of you don't know this because I knew that I do know there was one person in this church knew it, but he never did say nothing about it. I quit a good job to go full time here. So, you know, am I counting the cost? No, it's the right thing to do. Lord's going to take care of me. And when I leave Landmark Baptist Church, Lord's still going to take care of me. No doubt about that. But I hear all the time, well, I can't come to church because I'm having to work. I can't come to church because I'm having to do this, having to do that, and then you get to work. You don't want to come to church. Then you have to find every excuse after every excuse not to come. You see where I'm coming from, folks. I love every one of you. I love you all to death, I'm telling you. I would, I believe right now I would jump in front of a car or a train to save you, even though I might lose my life. And Brother Sam knows as well as I do, they teach you that in the military, don't they, Brother Sam? When you have a buddy out there, you're willing to jump in front of, take a bullet for him, and he is willing to take one for you. I know they've been, what, thirty-three policemen killed since the first of the year? Who ran toward the fight rather than ran away from it? There was one policeman down in Florida ran away from it. And it, it resulted in a bunch of children Being killed at Park, Park, what, Parkview High School or something like Parkland High School there in Florida. All because he ran away from it. Well, that man didn't count the cost of what it meant to be a security guard there at that church. That man never dreamed when he took that job that this may come up. And it's the same way with when you decide that you're going to follow the Lord, you never dream that some of the things are going to come up. And you might say, Well, do you sit down and 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 have a little tussle with yourself about it? Yeah, you do. No one could have told me that when I started preaching fifty going on fifty three years ago, that I would be confronted with some of the things that I have to I have to do that I really don't want to do. You have to count the cost. I'll have to, I'll have to say when I walked the aisle at Emmanuel Baptist Church and surrendered to preach the word of God, of which brother Jim Jeffries was a pastor of that church, I did not realize what the cost would be. I didn't realize that my own mama would turn against me and wouldn't speak to me for three months, said I wasn't her son anymore. Because I went against one of her favorite things, and that was that word, Christmas. I never dreamed that I'd have maybe children that regret. Rhonda rode to Kentucky with a family. And she rode to Kentucky with the wife and two children. And the boy said, I regret being a PK. Rhonda knows what I'm talking about. I regret being a PK. I guess Rhonda wouldn't know what a PK meant. She might have already known it. Preacher's kid. To this day, he doesn't have a daddy. He doesn't have anything to do with his mama, much. He's got a sister that is real sick. But he said, I don't want to be a PK. I saw the time when it was all good when he was a PK and that preacher was handing him out money. That preacher was giving him things that he needed. Oh, you gotta count the cost. There are good times and they're bad times. There are good times in the ministry and then there's bad times. Now, folks, I'm I'm talking from my heart tonight. This morning. Or is it tonight? I don't, I'm not sure what when it is. This morning. About two o'clock the other day, I went in the post office. This lady's coming out. I said, good morning. She looked at me and she said, what in the world are you talking about? It's two o'clock in the afternoon. <laughs> you got to count the cost because things are going to come up that you're not going to realize you have to make. A decision. And I see too many people going the other way rather than toward the Lord. We have come to a time that true godly religion has been watered down to the point that man feels that he can just ignore the word of God and do as he pleases when it comes to how He wants to live his own life. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I've seen it. There's a guy comes in McDonald's there, and he'll come over there, and he'll point at me. I don't even know him. He'll point at me, and he says, You know a lot of things because you've seen a lot of things. I asked him one time, I said, why would you say that? He said, you're a preacher, aren't you? As I said earlier, when Jesus says down here, for which of you intending to build a tower, that he is referencing the Tower of Babel. That's exactly what happened. Several people got together in a mob and they decided, they said, we're gonna, we're gonna to get to heaven on our own. And we're gonna build a tower that reaches to heaven and that way we'll, we'll be up there. And God came along and God said, you're not gonna do that. Oh, they started the tower. They built on it. But God took it down. The tower fell on and killed a bunch of people, because they didn't count the cost before they started to build it. Now we've got people of different languages, like Winston, got people of different languages like Georgians, I have, I speak Kentuckian most of the time. We got people of different languages to where I can't imagine going anywhere and expecting to enjoy myself when nobody understands what I'm saying. (laughs) I'm one of these people that, that's like a lady over at the Department of Family and Children's Services. I went over there one time and she said, come over and sit with me a minute, she said, I want to show you something. And I went out and I sat down by her, and this fella came up to her and he started jabbering off language, and she said, I don't understand what you're saying. All she was asking was where'd he live. She had to wind up drawing it out on paper before she ever got through to him. It's just sad. But you know, when it comes to serving the Lord, sometimes everybody can get a common value that they think is okay. And they can begin to build that tower that God's going to eventually take down. That's what Jesus is referring to here when he's talking about it. He he likens serving him to building a tower. A tower in this parable, I, I already said that, but let me say this, a tower in this parable refers to something beautiful, something safe, and refers to what we call character building and spirit building. That's what it represents. It was Pastor John Smith who back in the late 1800's was Pastor John Smith who wrote these words. I mean, he he, he wrote, I'm sorry, let me say it again, Pastor John Smith who wrote the book Spiritual Matters in the early part of the 20th century who stated we cannot count the cost until we have first a vision of some great possibility before us. You can't count the cost until you know what the cost is. I'm going to build a house. Well, you got to know what the cost of the house is first, what it's going to cost to build it. Then then you're going to have to determine, can I afford it? Then you're going to have to determine. Uh, if I can afford it, then how am I going to get it built? Who's going to build it? Who's going to do this? Who's going to do that? That's called counting the cost. You have to know what's ahead of you before you ever step out to do it. By faith, I believe it with all of my heart. I don't know what you believe about it. I don't guess it matters. But by faith... Noah, I'm sorry, Moses stepped into that water ahead of the children of Israel. I believe with all of my heart that Moses was in that water probably up to his waist, maybe up to his neck before he told them, it's okay, come on, it's okay. Well, they were counting the cost. They were saying, if we go out there in that water, we're going to drown. Moses said, No, trust the Lord. So trust the Lord. So trust the Lord. So can you see what I'm doing? I'm walking out there. Trust the Lord. And about the time the people said, Well, we're going to trust Him. They step out there, and what happens? Whoo! Water walled up like a like a, a mountain. Water walled up on each side of them. And they crossed over, not on muddy land, but on dry land. Lord not only, not only mounted the water up, but He dried the land. You know, at the bottom of a lot of water, Jim knows this. I know probably a lot of people do. Bottom of a lot of water, there's quicksand sometimes. And you you get out there and you think, well, I can walk across there. And then all of a sudden you step in a quicksand. A lot of it in Kentucky. There are a lot of places in Kentucky like that. Us boys, we used to go down to the river. And they had a beach at Boonesboro where Daniel Boone built a fort down there. somebody have been to Kentucky, you know about it, where Daniel Boone built a fort down there on 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 that side of the river there's a beach they made a beach coming the, the length of the fort they made a beach and people had to pay 25 cents to go into that beach and 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 enjoy their day as a river one well, ocean is a river you know what us stupid boys used to do we'd stand on the other side and see girls over there and we swim across it, not knowing that huh, we may not have made it. Save 25 cents. You know why we going to save 25 cents? Because we didn't have 25 cents. We didn't have 25 cents to save. But we didn't know the dangers that's in that water. There was a man in that water. One time to swim through a a, a a round ball of water moxins. they said when they found his body, he, he didn't have no skin from his waist down. But us boys didn't care. We were just stupid little boys or stupid big boys, I guess. We didn't care. We jumped in that water intention on going to the other side and some of us didn't make it. Some of them went back, but some of them made it to the other side just to keep from paying 25 cents, which we didn't have. That's what John, Pastor John Smith was talking about in his book. Let me say, no wise man wants his Christian life to end like the Tower of Babel in shame and more confusion than it began to live a true Christian life is a solemn undertaking that a lot of people don't count oh it's easy to say I'm a Christian it's easy to get out there and drink and say I'm a Christian I know because I did it I was baptized when I was 10 years old when I got 15, 16 years old, I drank like a fish. And if anybody ask me, they'll say, well, oh, I'm a Christian. That's easy for us to say that. It's easy for you to say, I'm a Christian. It's easy for someone to say, I'm a Christian and some reason, somehow, we have got to accept it. But that's what they're talking about. Many begin the Christian life and seem that they're not able to finish it, for they will not follow the teachings of true religion of the Lord Jesus Christ. One must be dedicated to follow Jesus at any cost. If they aren't, then they will be a laughing stock. Even to God Himself. You'll say, where do you get that at? In Psalms 2. Psalms 2 and verse 4 says, He setteth in the heavens and shall laugh. The Lord shall have them in derision. That's what God, Lord calls it. He calls it derision when you start something and you can't finish it. I'm talking about as far as a Christian life is concerned, there's a lot, there's a lot to do in a Christian life. It's not just come to church every now and then warm the pew. There's more to it than that. There's work that needs to be done. There's things that needs to be done. Sam came in McDonald's the other morning and sat down with us. You sat down with us a few minutes, didn't you? Yeah. He was talking to a man that's, that is, I mean, if it's not racing, he don't want to talk. He was talking, a matter of fact, he worked on a pit crew one time in racing. But he was talking to Brother Sam when Brother Sam got up and left. I told Gil, I said, You you don't know who you were talking to, do you? He said, no. I said, let me tell you, you were talking to a man that anything you ask him to do, he'll do it. You know that to be true. You haven't turned down many people, Brother Sam. I pastored you for 36 years, and I know that to be true. But how many people says, no, I won't do it. No, I won't do it. I didn't know it. I didn't know I had to do this. I didn't know I had to do that. I tell you, it's hard to turn the other cheek sometimes. It's hard to give a man your cloak when he wants your coat. It's hard to walk two miles with a man when he wants you to walk one mile with him. That's hard to do. That's a difficult thing to do. That's almost impossible for some people to do. I've only got one understanding thought here today, and it'll be the end of this message. If we're to understand counting the cost, we must see, first of all, what is the cost? It's costly. It is costly. We must count... On giving up sin, which a lot of lost men lost men and women too loves dearly, sin is the worst of all investments. It's the worst of all investments you can do. Every scheme of the world has a place which is rotten to the core. I don't care what it is; it's rotten. It's every it's every, play, every place the world has every place that's rotten to a core. We just gonna see that. We don't understand that. The Bible says the wicked must forsake his ways. It seems today this is not happening. It is costly. We must surrender to his will. It's costly. When you know God wants you to do one thing, you won't do something else. When you know that you've been taught that God... God leads men in this direction, but you won't go in another one. It's costly. Well, let me tell you folks, if you're here and saved today, even, even if you're here and proclaim to be saved and may not be, I'm telling you this, God expects a lot out of you. If you tell people I'm a Christian, He expects more out of you than just walking away and, and, Expecting them to believe it. It's costly. We must surrender his will. What will thou have me to do? Is the attitude of a spiritual soul. Lord, what will you have me to do? Is the attitude of a spiritual man or a spiritual woman. Lord, what will you have me to do? What will you want me to do? After me... Use an S H A R E rather than S H O W R. Becky, well Becky said, Becky said, you need to get somebody to help you. <laughs> it embarrasses her that her daddy put something like that down. I apologize, honey. I was gonna change that and didn't do it. I saw it too. Even before I came out with the bulletin. Seeking first his kingdom is very difficult if one is not willing to give up his life or his lifestyle. What does the Bible say? Turn with Matthew 16. I'm probably going to have to quit on this one. Preach it some other times. I've got a message I've got to preach this afternoon. In Matthew 16. 23rd verse says, But he turned and said unto Peter, Get thee behind me, Satan. Thou art an offense unto me, for thou savorest not the things that be of God, but those that be of men. Then said Jesus unto his disciples, If any man will not come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross. And follow me, his burdens. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it, but whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it. For what is a man profited if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? Oh, you'll say, I don't know. You will someday when you, if you stand, if you're lost here today and you stand before that great white throne of judgment you're going to be willing to trade anything you've got for it and it's not going to do any good to tell jesus i was once the banker and i made a lot of money i was once this or that and i made a lot of money jesus doesn't care about that when you stand before that great white throne of judgment you're going to stand there naked destitute and not have a thing to offer for your own soul What will a man give up for that? What will you give up for that? What will you give up for that? That you're willing to follow the Lord and stay in step with Him. Where He steps, you step. Where He steps, you step. That's what it means to follow the Lord. I know all of you heard that old thing that there was a time when there was only one step. I realized then that the Lord was carrying me rather than me following him. Seeking first his kingdom is very difficult if one is not willing to give up his lifestyle. Well, if that's the case, then one will not enter into life everlasting. Look what he says here. What does it profit a man Then 27 verse says, For the Son of Man shall come in the glory of his Father with his angels, and then he shall reward every man according to his works. Verily I say unto you, There be some standing here which shall not taste of death, till they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. He was talking about his death, his burial, and his resurrection here. What they had been looking for, What they had been looking forward to. These were Jews. What they had been looking forward to. He said some of you are going to see that fulfilled. What you've been faithful in doing. That's reading, he told Peter. He said Peter. Don't get too faithful. Because Satan has a hold of you. Of course we know what happened to Peter. How many people today does Satan have a hold of. And they don't even know it. They don't even know that Satan has a hold of them. How many times do you read in the Bible, it says, be vigilant, be sober. For your, your, your enemy, your adversary is seeking whom he may devour. Listen, Satan is right here today. I believe it, I believe it, that we're a stopping place for Satan. He's right here today working. And I had somebody tell me a couple of months ago, heard somebody tell me that it's working. I don't know how to say this without offending someone, so I'm not going to say it. That broke my heart to no end. It is costly. We must separate ourselves from the world. It was the great Apostle Paul who said, Wherefore, come out among them, and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. And we'll be your father. We'll be a father unto you, and you should be mine. That's the only time you're gonna, few times you're gonna see this in scriptures. You should be my sons and daughters. So this is to you, women too. You might say, "Well, I let my husband do. My husband does all of it." I had a family one time in Kentucky. The husband would come to church, and then you go to the house to visit with them that's why the another family, well he was in church representing us What what, what, what do you complain about oh yeah that's what they'd say, they were members they were members of Calvary Baptist Church and they would say well he came to church, he represents us but you notice here he says I'll be your son's You'll be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. Second Corinthians 6 and verse 17 18. Does that mean anything to the average Christian? Most likely not. It is simple. If any man love the world, the love of Christ is not in him. 1 John 2.15. And lastly, it is costly. It is costly. It requires self-denial. Jesus said, "If any man would come after me, let him deny himself." Matthew sixteen twenty-four. I will follow the Lord a lot closer when I retire. How many times have I heard that? I will follow the Lord a lot closer when I get older. How many times have I heard that? Right now, I got things I got to do. These kids right here. They got things they got to do. We parents let them go on and do it. I remember one time Shelly came in and she said, Daddy, I want to go to this party. And I said, no, you don't need to go to that party. She said, well, so-and-so pastor, First Baptist Church, and by the day he's letting his daughter go. Why can't you let me go? He's a preacher, and he's letting his daughter go. She knows what I'm talking about. I've heard people say, well, everybody does it. If everybody does it, then it's okay. Just remember, when you think that, when you sit there and you say everybody does it, or everybody has it, you think about those close to 3 billion people that lived before the flood. They were just exactly like that. They were a multitude that died and went to hell. There was only one person that lived during that time that we know went to heaven. And that was Noah. Yeah. Just because a multitude is doing it, that doesn't mean I have to do it. Just because a multitude likes it, that doesn't mean I have to like it. No, I can stand up and say, as being a child of God, I can stand up and say, I don't agree with that, but we won't do it. We're going to lose a friend. We're going to lose a family member. We're going to lose this or we're going to lose that. Just Jesus talks about all that in this. About the cost of being child of God. All right, let's all stand. We're going to sing a verse of song, and I'm going to let you go.